It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to All In With The Lord. We are on a series of talking about <clears throat> how to get closer in to what the Word says about how to be all in with the Lord. I think as we begin this program, it's great to reflect on the fact that we're in a new year and things are happening, things are new beginnings are going on. And the question is and becomes, for you, what kind of new beginnings are you thinking and wishing and praying and hoping for in your life? Will you repeat the merry-go-round effect and have the same old, same old type things happening in your life? Or will you break free? And will you break free from all of the past and all that you have in your past? To become who God wants you to be, who He created you to be. He created you and I to be in His image and likeness. He made us like Him, dreamers, creators, the ability, and gave us the ability to create. And here we are on this planet, planet Earth, where He made this planet for us to understand and learn how to be just like Him. That's what He did. He created a world where you and I could learn how He feels, thinks, acts, and what it takes for Him to create. And then He gave you and I the same ability to create in your world what it is you think you want. Now therein lies the issue. What is it that you think that you want? That's a hard one to get to because uh, you need help with that. As we grow up in this world, we find ourselves, first of all, as a human and as a kid wanting to play games and do things with other kids. And then we grow through adulthood or into teenage years and then adulthood. And really, we don't realize that there's choices that are outside of the pressures of just living life that you can make at any time. You can make choices. And at somewhere between age 30, I think, and, and 35, you start to realize Maybe I made wrong choices, or I should be really thinking about what my choices are and um, using them carefully. And the one thing as humans that we learn about is the fact that we have an ability that no other creature on this planet has. That's right. We can speak out loud. And that is uh, an issue that only humans have that ability to do. So the question is, why is that? What if your dog could talk to you? What if your cat 
What if the animals around you could talk the way you could talk? What would happen? Well, God created everything in order and put you and I at the head of the species that controls the outcome of this planet. When he, one of the thoughts that came to my mind when God created Adam and Eve and put them in the garden, why didn't God make the entire earth the garden? Why didn't he just say, okay, earth, be wherever Adam goes, have it be the Garden of Eden. But he created one example. And then he said to Adam, be fruitful and multiply. Go subdue the earth. And what he was saying was, go make the rest of the earth like the garden that is right here. So God gave him a sample. And he was on his way to creating, and all over the world, he would have created Eden. But that isn't the way it went. And along came another tree, in which he actually had said, God had said to Adam, don't eat from this one tree, because if you do, you will surely die. It leads to death. And that was the tree of knowledge, of good and evil. The tree of self, knowing more than God. Remember when Lucifer was kicked out of heaven, and he was kicked out. When he was kicked out of heaven, it was because he thought he had a better way to run heaven. He could do it apart from God. And when he was kicked out and he came to earth, for a couple of reasons he came to earth, but he was really humiliated out of heaven because he was the highest anointed cherub in heaven. <clears throat> he ran a lot for God. He, personal, you know, I, you know, he he could have been a personal angelic host to to Jesus or to God Himself. But we don't know exactly all that. All we do know is that he fell from the highest position to the lowest and was totally humiliated. Well, when you are in that state and you are thinking that you want to ha get back at somebody like God because he was pretty upset about it, pretty mad. You go after their family and we are the family of God. And he went after us. He went after you. He went after Adam. Went after Eve. And... You know, even when he said to Eve, did God really say if you eat from this tree, you will surely die? Won't it be rather that your eyes will be opened and you will clearly be able to be like him and know everything? And, uh, and she bought into that. So again, the liar, Lucifer, fed a lie and a doubt that maybe God was holding back. You know, God gave you everything, but maybe he's holding back this one thing because he knows the day you do this, you'll be just like him. Well, could it be that God was trying to keep us all from having to experience what he already knew was going to be sickness, death, pain, and, and, and poverty? Because now we have to think, we have to figure it out ourselves. Could it be that God only wanted the best for Adam and Eve, but they 
didn't even know they were going to die until they learned its possibility. So, the tree of knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life. Now, the tree of life was a direct connection with God's universe. And all Adam had to do is stay plugged in to that. But death came into this earth through the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So is it possible that if you stop eating from that tree, death will leave the same route that it took to get in? So how would we even do that? How would you stop eating from the tree of knowledge, well, of good and evil. Well, first thing is you'd have to turn Google off, probably turn the entire internet off. You'd have to turn the television off. You'd have to turn any means of communication, your phone, TikTok, Facebook, because all of that is information that came from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So everyone in the world, not just in this country, but in the world, <clears throat> has been brought up and fed lie after lie after lie about how everything worked. And to stop eating from that tree would be, man, I'll tell you, you'd have to probably own an island and then take a Bible with you and only listen to what the Bible says and tune out everything. But see, you'd still have to backtrack from what you already knew. So apart from God's grace, he has delivered us. And that's why he said, unless a man be born again. What does he mean by that? I mean, born again, right? And so what he meant was you got to stop the process of thinking from the first birth that everything you've been fed was a lie. And so after being born again, whenever that moment in your life was, is, that is the beginning of replacing the knowledge of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So do you want, the question becomes, do you want to do that? Do you want to stop listening to the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Do you want to stop? Because every one of us is a product of that tree to some degree or another. Now, being born again means you get a second try. Adam didn't have that. He just, you know, had to go through the course working for the sweat of his brow, the whole thing. But we, we had a whole, we're alive in a time where Adam, if he, he could have gotten back right standing with God, we are in that time. You are the Adam. You are the Eve of today. And the question is, which tree is going to be dominant in your life? So we have two. We have the old tree. We have the Old Testament too. But we have the old tree of knowledge of good and evil that we were born with. And all the opinions and all the thoughts of our parents and their parents all built in and wrapped into how we should live life, you know, how we should treat God, how we should uh, treat others, how we get what we want for us, maybe, but not worry about others. So we, and that's where sin and corruption all came from. So we have that all built in. But then, so that's the old man. That's the one prior to the born-again experience. So then we come to a place where somebody tells you the story of Jesus or you go to school or you hear it or somehow the Holy Spirit brings you a revelation of what Jesus did to die for your sins on a cross, suffer, die, 
descend into hell, take care of death once and for all, which is a whole other topic, and then raise from the dead, come back and say to us, I give you the keys to the kingdom. So now when we accept that he did that, and we get an opportunity to have a brand new born again experience, then what happens is our mind gets a fresh opportunity to decide on God's Word. Now, God's Word, for us, at, in our generation, if you're listening to this, exists. The Word of God, the Bible, it took a long time for the Holy Spirit and God to bring together everything from the Bible and put it into written form. And believe me, they were fought all the way. But Satan did not want that word written. Old Testament or the New Testament. But yet God found a way to get it here. So, in our generation, we don't have to say, how do I find out about God? How do I find out about how we got here? Because scientists every day are trying to say how we got here. And in their corruptible thinking, it had to be aliens dropped off a fertile seed, and somehow, boom, there was a big bang. The earth exploded into existence, and everything was perfect, and mankind formed itself in a little amoeba thing that somehow was born out of nothing and then generated through apes or something and went through something and into something and here we are perfect and not evolving obviously into anything beyond what we have because it's not necessary anymore according to your theories we have just arrived right because mankind remains mankind it didn't become the next generation of it except as a Christian, we know that we have. We have become the next generation of born-again, Holy Spirit-filled believers who are now choosing the Word of God, which is really the manufacturer's handbook. He made it. God who created us gave us a handbook with stories. And if you read it and allow it to bring the revealed knowledge into your life, it transforms the way you think, the way you act, and the way you receive. So when Adam ate from the wrong tree, the garden as he knew it fell apart. The garden where everything produced everything without work or toil. And the new birth, or the born-again man, if he chooses not to just listen to the Word, he might be born again and say, Okay, I had a revelation. Jesus died for my sin. I'm going to go to heaven when I die. But wait a minute. Before Adam ate from the tree, he was never going to die. And God's plan is, sure, if you can't get around the death thing and you're going to die, then 
at least while you're alive on earth, right? Born again, renewing your mind with the word, bring heaven to earth. I hear a lot of people talk about, yeah, boy, when I go to heaven, or we're going to die and go to heaven. And somebody dies, and then all of a sudden you go, I wonder if they went to heaven. What do you think it's like in heaven? Well, I guarantee you, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, as we know it, will not exist. Because every one of us will be happy to only know the good. Having lived on earth, and having experienced the good, the bad, and the ugly, you will hopefully choose life and choose it more abundantly. If God said to you, you don't need, you don't need to sweat, you don't need to be sick, you don't need any of that. How about just a life filled with joy, peace, happiness, comfort, love, companionship, and enjoying adventure after adventure after adventure, knowing that your father who created you has made a perfect experience for you. So here we are on earth deciding where we get to spend eternity. Where will you spend eternity? That's the question. That's the question every human being has to answer. Now, if you grew up in the jungles and you say, well, I just don't know anything about this Bible you talked to. Some people did grow up like that. But I know the Holy Spirit got to them in a way that led them into where God wants them to be. God will not, he, he does not want to lose anyone. But you didn't grow up there. You grew up here where Bibles, oh my gosh, if you ever went to a hotel and checked in, there was a free Bible waiting for you. And some people were thinking after they stole them out of the hotel that they stole them. But no, they were put in there for the purpose of taking. First schools were started to teach the Bible. That's where people, kids learn to read from the Bible. And the first schools in this country, you couldn't, this is a fact. You couldn't even get government funding for a school unless you had the Bible in it being taught. And Benjamin Franklin was behind putting Bibles in schools. If you read the history before they change it, you're going to have to hurry because there is a big movement to cover it up, change it. and Again, the tree of knowledge. Boy, if we can control the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and we can tell you what's good, and we can tell you what's evil, then we can control you. How does Satan know that? Because he knows how God made you. And he knows that it, the only way to control a human is to tell them what the truth is. And that is what he wants to create. He wants to tell you what to believe, what to think. So when a thought comes to you, when a thought is passing through, passing by, it doesn't mean it's you, it's your thought. It just means you're trying to be told to think it. Because after you think it, you'll imagine it. And after you imagine it, you'll speak it. And after you speak it, the quantum world will begin to create it because you are a human who speaks, and words create. That's how God created everything. Go back and read the book of Genesis. So, what 
is it we are to do? As a born-again Christian, <clears throat> still suffering from leftover, broke, busted, sick, disgusted thinking. How do we change who we are? How do we get off the merry-go-round? This is 2023. What will you do differently to become free of the bondage of the world in 2023? What will you do? How will you do it? So let's discuss it. Number one, you have been redeemed from the curse that was attached to the breaking of the law. What was the breaking of the law? It was anything that had to do with the knowledge of good and evil and breaking the laws that God had brought into the earth. Prior to the laws, there was nothing to break, but people still died. They didn't even know there was a law. Before the first murder, who, there was no law before somebody killed somebody, right? So if there was no law, there was no law to break. It just happened. But for every, the, every sin, there's a wage. The wage of sin is death. So hurting other people, judging other people, and, and elevating yourself above other people puts you into the sin realm. And the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through grace and love. So, and Jesus taught us how to love one another as he loved his church. So each one of us, each one of us has to make a choice and we can change who we are. And the Garden of Eden, well, there's a, we, we, our job is to bring it out, to bring it forward, and to take over the world and subdue it. If we aren't doing that, we are not doing what God said. And we are to be delivered from every evil of this present world, to be delivered from sickness and death. Now, how do you get delivered from death? Is everyone going to die? Well, the question is, and the Bible does say, it's appointed to everyone to die only once. But does it definitely say everyone has got to die? So, you no know more than once. So I know a lot of people say you might be from a past life and you might, you might have known each other. No. If you, knew, if you feel like you've known someone, it's because you knew him in heaven before you got here. The Bible tells us that he, God, foreknew us before we got here, which means you probably sat in a kindergarten class and God's show, telling you you're going to be transported into the womb and you're going to be born into the earth and this is my plan for you. This is my divine plan for you. And God shared with you your destiny, but you probably didn't remember it when you got here because you were a baby and had to grow up through all the thinking of the world. And maybe, though, at this age, 
to whatever age you're at, you might have discovered that there is a destiny for you. There's a gift you have that no one else has. And you want to reach that destiny because it is the perfect plan. And the whole idea of earth, God, everything. When you realize that every hidden desire inside of you is not new to God. I mean the ones you think are not good, but you want them. God already knows about them, and if you would allow God to get you what he knows is the best for you, it would satisfy all those desires. God wants all you to have all your desires met, but there's a right way, and there's a wrong way, and there's the tree of life, and there's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God will show you the good and evil, but he didn't want to do it the way Lucifer brought it on Adam. He wanted to do it in his own time, in his own way, so that it would not cause you to have to sweat and work hard and be sick and under the curse. Yet here we are. So, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. The curse came when the law came, and we are redeemed from it. And we are to renew our minds to that. And we're going to take a break here in a second. But when we come back, <clears throat> we're talking about how we were made wonderfully by our God, our Creator. The, man, the Creator of the entire universes that ever shall be and ever will be. And His plan for you, His eternal destiny is health, wealth, and eternal life, and the opportunity for you to share it with all those around you, to love one another as Jesus the Christ loved us. He came to give us life and more abundantly. We'll be right back. We'll talk more about it. Broadcasting live from historic West Norton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. We are back. And we are, as always, talking about how to touch the reality of who we are and how much we should be all in with the Lord. You know, we're not waiting on God. If you're someone who's been praying and waiting for God to do something, <clears throat> I got news for you. God's waiting on you to do something. He created everything around you. He created all the quantum physics laws and everything in this earth. And he gave you and I the ability to use them, to have dominion. He would not have said, Take dominion over this earth and subdue it if you can't. No, he wouldn't have. And so he has in place everything that we need. But we've got to stop eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and only eat from the tree of life. Now, that's a hard thing, got granted, but you've got to spend more than once a week getting into the Word. You eat three times a day. You need to feed yourself the Word at least three times a day. What's the Word, Art? It's the promises from the Word of God, the Bible. 
It is the Bible. Read it. There's plenty of opportunities online to help you get any message you want. And there's and see, you can use the internet and get to the tree of knowledge of good and evil, or you can use it to get to the Word today because it's there. The tree of life is on there, but you've got to bypass all the other stuff to get to it. Well, <clears throat> let me... Let me read a scripture here from Matthew 15, <clears throat> 29 to 31. Amplified Bible, this is. And Jesus went out from there and passed along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up into the hills <clears throat> and kept sitting there, just kind of sitting in the hills. And a great multitude came to him, bringing with them the lame, the maimed, the blind, the dumb, and many others. And they put them down at his feet. And he cured them. So that the crowd was so amazed when they saw the dumb speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they recognized and praised and thanked and glorified the God of Israel. <clears throat> now, we always look at this in the past as being one of the people that needed the help. But Jesus came to show us how to live like him to be the restored Adam. So what we're reading here is a demonstration of how you and I ought to be living our lives, not as the lame and the dumb, but as the Jesuses that have come into the earth to dominate it. He was the firstborn from the dead which means there's more. You're one of them if you've accepted Jesus. But why do we stop there? Why is the church, why are people afraid to, to move forward? Now let's just read that again. First of all, he goes up on a hill and he sits there by himself. Now why would a multitude come to him? The stories were out of control. Everywhere he went, people were being healed. And they were being set free. And those stories went through everywhere. There's this guy. And, and when he, he healed these people, he, I saw him. And then they could see, and they could hear, and they could do, and all these things. And that, those stories were everywhere. So when they said, he's in town, or Jesus is here, hey, the guy, Jesus, he's up on the hill. I saw him go up there. And all these people are picking up all the wounded of life, all the lame, the and maimed. Maimed. Maimed means they didn't even have limbs. And 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 they couldn't walk and they couldn't see and they couldn't talk and many others. And they put them down at his feet and he cured them all. Can you imagine 
How did he do that? Did he just go wave his hand and everybody got up and fixed? No, he went individually. He talked to them. Because <clears throat> Jesus would always say, what is it you want from me? Right? And so <clears throat> he got them to participate. Can you imagine how tired he must have been? The crowd was amazed. They saw the dumb people that never spoke before all of a sudden could talk. The maimed, made whole. Made whole. What does that mean? Maimed. I mean, somebody cut off an arm or hand? Did they grow back? I, that's what it means. What are we to think about that? You, we don't realize how this body was designed to reproduce itself wholly. <clears throat> you say, well, I'm getting old. You say that to people <clears throat> because that's the normal thing you think <clears throat> as you get older. <clears throat> and what happens? You don't ever give a thought to, wait a minute. I've, I've been set free from death. Oh, Art, come on. You no, know, I mean, we've been set free from poverty, sick. That's the gospel. Poverty, sickness, and death. The Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Why? Why is it blessed to be poor in spirit? Because you don't have to be poor in spirit anymore. God, the war was over. God declared it over and sent Jesus to set you free. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Because the comforter has come. It's not blessed to be, be alone and, and, and be downtrodden. It's blessed to be comforted. God, Jesus brought the solution. He didn't tell you to keep being stupid. He said, I am here. I am the truth. I am the way. I have come that you could have life and have it more abundantly. He could have said, just like Adam did before he ate from the stupid tree. Don't eat from the tree. Well, I know you do, and I know I do, and I know we all do because we are saturated with it every day. But we're pulling back from that tree. We're pulling back and saying, no longer do I eat the fruit, the knowledge of dying early, the knowledge that I can be sick and die from it, the knowledge, the knowledge, pull back and replace it with the Word. So don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind from the Word of God. And what does the Word say? That you can be, that you have been redeemed from the curse. Jesus paid a price, a very, very severe price, so that you could be bought back under the ownership of God. He, God had lost ownership over you. When he gave ownership to Adam of this earth and of Adam, he gave it to Adam. He said, here you go, buddy. You're all set to go. And Adam handed it over to Lucifer. 
Lucifer became the god of this planet and ever since then has been feeding everyone the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. And that's why eating from that tree, people apart from God have become almost insane, not even knowing if they are a man or a woman, not even knowing what who they are. They are so perplexed because they think they know more than the Creator. And the more people eat from that tree, the more confused it's going to be. Oh yeah, man has come up with some great theories on this stuff. Especially the one where the Earth's going to just global warm and kill everybody. That isn't what's killing them. And if the Earth is warming up, it isn't because of what they said. It's because of sin. It's about rejection of God. It's about rejecting the Word. I know better. I have my own way. I don't need your way. There is how the earth and weather conditions get out of control. The more sin rises, the more the planet gets out of sync. The more love arises, and the more the peace of the God arises and the Holy Spirit, it will bring it back in sync. <clears throat> but I know that the reality is that at this point in time, it's pretty far gone. And there will come a day where Jesus is coming back. And there's a coming a day when he removes the church, the body of Christ, off the planet. What do you think is going to happen at that point to the weather conditions? It isn't going to be pretty. If you remove those who are in Christ from this planet, if you remove the balance that keeps in sync those that are in Christ, then you and I are the only thing holding this thing anywhere near still existing properly. <clears throat> That's the answer. When he removes us, it won't be, it'll be a matter of days before the rest of the world goes literally berserk and it just goes out of sync. It is the Christians. It is the word of God. It is the love of God. It is the love of neighbor that even can pull it back to where it still can exist in any semblance right now. You remove that, and what you have is a global goofiness. It's out of sync. All the quantum laws will not operate properly. So, what do we do? <clears throat> well, we go back and read the Word. And we read the Word in a way that we know that God Himself wants us to do it. He wants us to renew our minds. Mark 8, 23 and 24. And He caught the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when He had 
spit in his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him, do you see anything? And he looked up and he said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. God, I, before I go on to the next verse here, people, we are all trees. We look like trees, okay? And the tree that we are produces fruit. And God refers to us as trees many times. And then he laid hands on him again and prayed and said, Now what do you see? And it became clear that they were people. He saw people. But trees, men like trees. We are like trees. Every one of us is a tree. And we have roots. And those roots came from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So when... You accepted Jesus, a new seed, the seed of Jesus, the Christ, was planted in you, the mustard seed. Now this other tree, the old you, that's still there hanging around, telling you what to, not to do or what to think wrong, or what, you know, what to do on your own, now this other tree starts to grow. But it needed to be nurtured. Every time you read the Word, you're watering the seed and putting sunlight on it. And that tree, that mustard seed, if you keep growing it, will grow up to where it suffocates out the old tree. So you have the old man and the new man. The old body, the sin body, and the new body. When you leave this earth, you're taking the new one. The old one gets to stay. It dies in the earth, falls to the ground. That's why we can't take it. It's contaminated. You can't take a contaminated body into God's heaven. It ain't going to be there. It would stink. It would be awful. And we don't want that in heaven. So that's why God is creating for you a brand new body that will go along with your brand new born-again spirit. And that new body won't look old and decrepit and aged. It will look optimum, like it was supposed to before it learned it could become old, decrepit, and aged. So, as we renew our mind with the Word of God, it changes everything inside of us. It changes everything in our body. And you can stop aging. I believe it 100%. I believe you can stop the process. Whether or not you would live immortally if you, st if you went back to only eat, think, thinking and eating the Word of God, I, I, our best guess is that it would work that way. But our bodies have been contaminated, and we have that old man. Our best, at the best, you go for the 120 or 100 and whatever years. And not be sick, though. That is important to know that you don't, when you picture someone that age, maybe old and trembling, and don't picture that. Understand that you've been redeemed from death. Have you been redeemed from aging? 
only if you renew your mind. And I believe you can. You can start to renew. I don't know how old you are right now when I'm talking here, but however old you are, you can renew your mind by being delivered from aging. Oh, come on, Art. You crazy? Everybody wants the, the, uh, what is the secret formula for life eternal. And here we have it. God gave it to us, right? <clears throat> you look at the, the movie where they were trying to find the chalice. If they just had the, the chalice that Christ had and drank from it, they would live immortally. It would heal them and they would live immortally. Well, the chalice wouldn't do it. But the anointing from Jesus who touched it, still being on it, that would do it. But Jesus gave us something better. Every one of us. He gave, him, he gave us himself. <clears throat> and all we have to do is receive it and then begin to understand all that goes with the free gift. The gift of grace, the gift of life, the gift of healing, the gift of love one another as Christ loved the church. His compassion, he couldn't say no to those people. They dropped off the worst cases in front of him. His comp he, as God himself, could not walk away from that. He walked, faced it head on, and said, be made whole. And sat there and visualized that happening. And it did. It was only if someone mentally fought him on it that it would not work. If they fought him, or if they said, no, I don't believe. I don't believe you can do it. In his own hometown, he had that issue. When you think about his own hometown, there were not a lot of people who lived in that town. I don't know. I don't know how many, but it's a couple hundred. And if you know everybody in the town, if there's a small number, then you get to say, well, how could Jesus, the carpenter guy, the techie guy, who was here fixing my, uh, you know, whatever, how, how all of a sudden can he be the one that's the Messiah? They struggled with that. But when he got out of town and there was someone who would believe what he said, they received. And when they received, they didn't fight him, him on it. They received it. And then another one, and another one, till the story started to grow. Until finally people were following him. And then when he walked into town, they were like, oh, he's here. This guy's here, man. I'm going to go because I, I know I can be healed. And he took care of everyone. <clears throat> but he had to get out of his own town. So we, we know that the, the, the tree of knowledge, of, of just thinking you know better about someone, makes it tough for God to operate. But this world was designed to demonstrate miracles every day. Are you and I living examples of that? Or are we complainers? Don't be the complainer. <clears throat> Don't be broke, busted, sick, and disgusted and think you have an award for it. That's not a gift of God. That is, what that is, is not understanding the message that Jesus brought. The gospel, the poor don't have to be poor anymore. 
The sick don't have to be sick anymore. He brought the message to the poor and the sick that they don't have to remain. Can you imagine, what would a gospel be if he came and said, you're poor, but that's okay. I'm telling you, that's a good thing. That is not the message. You're sick, and I'm telling you, that's a good thing. He'd have to agree with Satan. And God isn't going to do that. Get it out of your head. The God who created you wants you healthy, wealthy, and eternal. And the only thing slowing it down is you. That's right. You and I, we slow it down. We are not waiting on God. He's waiting on us. What will you do with that? <clears throat> well, let's talk about it. The Word is a seed. It's a creating seed. The more of the Word you put into your brain and into your life, it's a seed that's growing more branches and more trees of life. The tree. And we are walking trees. But we must begin the process of watering, bring the sun on it by reading it again, by growing in it. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 9.10 And God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. God wants you to be fruitful, not unfruitful. He wants you to have more than enough to help others, to give, to spread the good news, the gospel. <clears throat> Proverbs 12.12 12. The wicked desire the booty of evil men, but the root uh, of righteousness yields richer fruitage. So people desire to be rich like the world. But we say, he says here that the righteousness of Christ yields richer fruitage. You can have both the wealth of the sinner, but with the love for others, not selfish taking. And that's where we find people so often. Just, what can I get? What can I get? You know, it's tax season. And a lot of people get very upset about paying taxes. I'm not necessarily free of that. <laughs> but at the same time, God wants us to realize we live in a country where we are privileged to speak the Word of God. We are privileged to be um, uh, able to freedom freely get, go and come and do all the things we do and to change our government. We are free to do that. And when we pay our taxes, I know, don't say, well, I don't, I hate paying them. Rather, look at it Turn it around as an opportunity to sow seed into a government. But because we're sowing our righteous seed, 
we expect a righteous return and the people in charge are to obey what our will is. We need to be understanding as Christians that when we, <clears throat> when we give our taxes with the right spirit, we're sowing seed and we have a right to demand spiritually and physically, but spiritually, that those in charge would honor the oath they took and stop stealing from this country and stop stealing from the government and start giving. You know, we had a president that had brought that out at one time. Don't ask what this country can do for you. Ask what you can do for it. And when we sow our taxes, that gives us a spiritual right to demand in the spirit and in the physical, but in the spirit through prayer, that they don't, even, they don't have a choice. That is my tax money. It is sown. So we need to reverse our thinking. Don't get mad at giving taxes. Get glad and know that that is your spiritual connection to demand that the Word of God would operate in this country the way it should. And we, need, as a church, need to call it forth. Call it forth in Jesus' name. Call it forth. You come now. And I thank you, Lord, for the tax money to pay. I look forward to it in Jesus' name. What did he say to Peter? Go down there and get a fish, man. Take the first coin to, out of his mouth. Pay our both of our taxes. He honored that, but at the same time, he knew that everything supplied, and he didn't have to work for it. It was there. So, with that in mind, as we wrap up this week, God is waiting on you. Stop waiting on him. He's done it all, and he gave you and I the keys to the kingdom. Let the tree of life blossom in you, and stop eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Be blessed, have a great week, grow in the Spirit, and allow the Lord, who loves you, to be predominant within you. I'll talk to you next week on All In. Every day we drift a little farther from the truth. Without a star to lead us, we're all lost. Dancing with the devil, never looking at the clock. There'll be hell to pay on the day the music stops. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time.